0: 206 on the 630 Ched Afternoon News. It is a Friday. Um, We will have some uh, follow-ups to some stories we did earlier this week as we uh, do our last show together, Brad Whisker. But, of course, we've also been hearing all day long about the... Uh, incident in uh, fredericton involving uh, two police officers from the fredericton police force and two citizens uh one individual in custody i know uh we've been getting updates all morning long on this
1: all morning long and uh, the early afternoon and uh, we now actually have the names of the two police officers killed along with the other two people this is fredericton police chief leanne fitch
2: it's with great sadness uh, that i'm speaking with you here today Um, this is the worst Uh, moment for any chief of police and any police agency to have to deliver this news. It's been a very difficult day for our officers and residents of our fine city as we come to terms with the violent deaths of four of our people in our city, two of which, as you know, are officers. It's one of the most difficult tasks to inform you of the identified identities of the two fallen officers that we lost this morning in the line of duty. 45-year-old Lawrence Robert Costello, a 20-year veteran of the Fredericton Police Force. He has worked on various teams throughout his career and he leaves behind his partner and four children. 43-year-old Sarah May Burns has been on the force for two years and served as an auxiliary officer for two years prior to that. She leaves behind her husband and three children. We also send our sympathies to two families of the other victims that lost their lives this morning. We are not in a position at this time to release their names. At this time I can tell you that I'm extremely proud of the members of the Fredericton Police Force, our ambulance services, other frontline services, the public. Council, those of you in the community that have reached out to us in support. I want to thank the RCMP for answering our initial call to come and assist. They are uh, dealing with some of our calls for service now. And uh, they will be um, um, taking on the homicide investigation of the four people who were killed this morning. Also, I've reached out to the Serious Incident Response Team in Nova Scotia, an independent uh, investigative body who will be doing the uh, police officer-related shooting aspect of the investigation. On a bit of a personal note, as I was traveling home from uh, business in Halifax this morning, early, um, I listened to the transactions with our officers on the radio with our emergency responders and our frontline officers and my senior command staff. And during this most difficult time and this dark time, I can say with certainty that the citizens of Fredericton were being exceptionally well served and that those that were killed this morning were taken very good care of. And I couldn't be prouder of the men and women that serve the city. And I want to reassure the public that we will continue to do so in the coming days and months and years ahead. I also want to give thanks to the Kennebecasis Regional Police Service. Uh, Wayne DeLant, a chief there, uh, reached out this morning and he will be doing the coordination for us uh, through the New Brunswick Association of Chiefs of Police to provide uh, shift relief for our officers over the next week to two weeks so that they don't have to return to active duty while we work through um, this next few uh, few weeks, which will be very difficult. I'm going to turn the floor over to uh, Deputy Gaudet uh, to fill in some of the operational uh, details that I'm sure you are uh, interested in, in learning, um, but please join us in uh, thought and prayer for the families, friends, for my officers who were involved on the front line today, responding to this tragic incident, and uh, we really do appreciate your support. Thank you very much.
0: That was Leanne uh, Fitch, the uh, Fredericton police chief, identifying the two officers, Lawrence Rob Costello, 45, a 20-year veteran of the police force uh, who uh, leaves behind a partner of four children, and Sarah May Burns, a 43-year-old uh, member of the police force, had been with the force for two years. After serving two years as an auxiliary officer, uh, Burns was married with three children.
1: Yeah, and uh, you heard Police Chief Leanne Fitch mention that she was going to pass it on to uh, Deputy Police Chief Martin Godet. He actually has more on the operation responding
3: this morning. Thank you Chief. So uh, this morning, on August 10th, around 7.10 in the morning, Predicton police responded to a report of shots fired outside the apartment buildings in the 200 block of Brookside Drive. Four people were killed, including two Predican police officers. Police initiated a lockdown of the area and set up a perimeter. The New Brunswick RCMP, Fredericton Fire Department and Ambulance, New Brunswick provided great assistance. Officers engaged with a suspect and shots were fired by police. Around 9.30, Fredericton Police Force entered an apartment and arrested a 48-year-old man from Fredericton. He was taken to the Dr. Everett Chalmers Hospital and is undergoing treatment for serious injuries. The names of the two victims civilian victims have not been released pending notification of next of kin. I can confirm they were an adult male and an adult female. Obviously this is incredibly difficult for our officers and for our community. No one ever wants to lose a colleague or friend, especially in this kind of situation. Our police officers have conducted themselves in a professional manner and will continue to do so through the investigation. The investigation is continuing to determine exactly what happened.
1: All right, well, as you can imagine, anyone that's grown up in a residential neighbourhood waking up to gunfire, that would be a a very traumatic experience. Sarah Williams lives near the shootings, and uh, she actually grew up in the area as well.
0: It's really concerning. Um, Like, this neighbourhood, nothing really happens, like,
2: to this magnitude anyway.
1: And then there's Bill Henwood. He actually owns a business in the area and is still currently at the scene.
2: It's kind of a a shock. It's not something that we uh, we expect uh, in Fredericton to wake up and hear about and then to, to see that there's actually fatalities is uh, pretty extraordinary for this area. It doesn't normally happen.
1: David McCubrey lives in an apartment complex near the shooting. He says he woke up and in his apartment to the sound of gunshots only ten meters from his bed.
0: There was a break for about ten minutes and I thought oh my god hopefully they got them and they started all up again. And then I w- waited another about ten minutes because I seen the, the the armored vehicle out in the courtyard and I opened up my window just to see if I could hear anything and the shots started again.
3: Three more shots went off.
0: Fredericton, police saying they have a suspect in custody in regard to this shooting. It's a 48-year-old local man whom officers arrested inside an apartment.
1: Now, New Brunswick Premier Brian Gallant offered his condolences to the families and friends of those who lost their lives and says his heart goes out to police and other first responders.
0: It's a very difficult situation for them, to say the least. You, you have to go through all the appropriate steps to make sure you keep people safe, and at the same time, you, you'd be finding out that some of your colleagues have, have fallen. Um, it, it's, a, it's, it's an extraordinary uh, event uh, for, for an individual to go through. Uh, Also, Federal Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale says the Mounties are ready to assist in the investigation into what happened if they are called upon. The Fredericton Police Force will, of course, be the police force of jurisdiction. Uh, They have the the lead role. Uh, They will uh, uh, ask for uh, uh, the services and help of the RCMP uh, if they believe they require that. Uh, and the uh, the RCMP will, of course, uh, collaborate and help in, in every way possible.
1: Now, of course, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has issued a statement in regards to this morning's shooting. Canadians across the country were shocked to wake up to the news of the shooting that left four people dead, including two police officers. We mourn with everyone who has lost a friend, colleague, or family member and wish those injured a speedy and full recovery. There is no greater gesture than to put... One self in harm's way to protect the life of another. This morning, first responders rushed to the scene of danger. They did not think twice about what they had to do to keep their fellow Canadians safe. They were unflinching in their duty. We will not forget the two fallen police officers whose sacrifice no doubt saved lives and prevented even greater tragedy. This is a statement from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in reaction to this morning's shooting in Fredericton. The RCMP is giving its full support to the Fredericton Police who are investigating the shooting. I have spoken with the Fredericton Chief of Police, Leanne Fitch, Mayor Mike O'Brien, and the Premier of New Brunswick, Brian Gallant, and offered my condolences on behalf of the Government of Canada. We are monitoring the situation closely and stand ready to assist in any way we can. The people of Fredericton are courageous, strong, and resilient. Canadians stand with you during this difficult time. Once again, that is the statement from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in reaction to this morning's shooting in Fredericton, New Brunswick, that left two civilians dead and two police officers.
0: And as you've been hearing on our news all day long, the two civilian victims were adults, a man and a woman, and they will not be named until the families have been notified by authorities. Uh, We'll take our first break now. Uh, Throughout the afternoon, Eileen Bell in the newsroom will have updates for you on this story. Uh, When we come back, we'll try and uh, switch gears a little bit. 219 on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. You've been hearing uh, the latest updates from Fredericton uh, from the shooting out there. Uh, As I mentioned a moment ago, we'll have more information for you throughout the afternoon as it becomes available to us. From our texting line, uh, Hi guys, local area is in shock. was by the Fredericton Police Station and saw older couples bringing flowers, uh, that from Daryl. And uh, having lived in Gagetown as a kid and going to Fredericton a lot, this is almost unbelievable. Moncton was jaw-dropping, but this one doesn't seem possible. I don't know what is happening with people and guns, but we have to get serious about stopping nuts and radicals from getting them. All right, I mentioned off the top of the show uh, that we would also revisit a couple of stories that we did earlier this week, uh, one of which, of course, was the city's decision to evict Heritage Fest's storage barn. It's an interesting uh, conversation, and it's had an update just recently. I've got a full picture of what was going on now. They've got a maintenance yard at Heritage Park, the city does, and the barn which was built by uh, the Heritage Festival was contained within that yard. So the issue was not the safety of the barn or its structure, the issue was the safety of individuals coming to and from the barn, uh, because they would have to cross through the yard, and there's, the yards become busier and busier over the years, and as uh, Jim Gibbon mentioned, the uh, uh, artistic director for the Heritage Festival, he had said that um, this conversation's been ongoing for several years. But again, uh, the mayor used the words and I'm quoted the mayor that I'm pissed off about the decision. Those were the words he used. And he repeatedly, uh, in fact.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and um you know, Mayor Iveson is always candid but to use that type of language, you just don't often hear that from him to go Shoot. that far and say that he is, quote, pissed off yeah, at what's happening.
0: Exactly. And as I say, he said it several times. Here's a quote. I'm not getting the sense that the city of Edmonton is being all that helpful. And that pisses me off as mayor. I'm pissed off. I'm not happy, he said. So it looks as though there's been uh, some form of resolution to this. Um, and the mayor is saying again that it shouldn't have come to an eviction notice. That that didn't pass the test of common sense. That uh, common sense would dictate, basically, that their storage facility has to be on property. Uh, and you know, and I know others had stepped up, ourselves included. The Jerry Forbes Center had stepped up, and conversations had uh, taken place. Uh, but the mayor now saying that that eviction notice, they're going to put that on hold for now as they continue to discuss possibilities. Um, and I know that Linda Cochran, who is Really, the top public servant uh, for the city of Edmonton uh, said that I'd like to, I'd really like to thank the mayor for reminding us in a very public way of our very public service role. That's the city manager, Linda Cochran. So, I suspect what's going to happen is that some kind of structure will either be made available, built, or created somehow at at Heritage Park.
1: You have to think so. Or Horlack, I should say, Horlack Park. Yeah, that's the verbiage that you would get out of what they said is that something will either be done with the current structure to make it what they want or there'll be new rules and regulations at uh, the yard that's there Mm -hmm. or they're going to build a new facility because the mayor and city manager Linda Cochran clearly think that this is a terrible idea, this was a terrible decision Mm -hmm. and it really should have never happened and it was the second one in a span of a few days while everyone is out of office, which makes it even more difficult to handle.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a real head scratcher. And in fact, uh, the mayor used those very words. He said there have been a number of head scratching decisions by administration, which I think needs a kick in the rear and a reminder that we're here to serve Edmontonians. Uh, That's pretty strong language, and typically not one that a mayor says about his own administration, but that's what he's talking about, those admin people. And it is a head-scratcher. I don't understand sometimes, like I said to you the other day, or yesterday, Sometimes you manage by memo, and when you do that, it's a huge mistake. On paper, you understand the problem, and the decision seems quite straightforward, but you have to consider that the people who this administration serves, how they will react to a decision like that. You're taking one of the most beloved festivals in the city and basically throwing it out there that we're booting them out of their uh, location, and, and it serves other festivals other than the Heritage Festival. It makes no sense whatsoever to do, and again, I have to say that the artistic director for the festival, uh, Mr. Gibbon, he didn't. He wasn't looking for a fight, and he wasn't looking to, you know, cast shade or throw shade at the uh, the city. But he was at the point at which it had to go public. These conversations have been going on for years, and he thought they were ongoing. And then he gets an eviction notice.
1: Right. It's like administration, whoever is part of administration, their brains were on summer break. They just looked at it and thought, well. This seems like the easiest, quickest solution. We'll mm-hmm. move them out, and hopefully, it just you know flies under the radar. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll get it out of the office uh, at noon
0: instead of four, and <laughs> life, exactly. goes, uh, well, life goes on. Miller time. Um, then I guess uh, I guess one of the other stories that we talked, and many other news outlets talked about this week, of course, were those plaques on the benches, and these are uh, plaques in memory of uh, individuals who have been lost, and another one where. I would have assumed, and I've certainly seen those plaques over the years here in Edmonton and elsewhere uh, on lots of different things. Um, Whether it be a whole building or a park bench or, or, you know, a new section of highway out in Ontario. they, They do that from time to time where a particular section is sponsored by a family or whatever. But when it comes to memorial plaques, I think most people would assume, again, that they're forever. You would think that you, you pay once, you, you buy the plaque, and it goes on a bench, and then that's it, right? Um, but that is not the deal, and, or at least that's not how the city saw the deal. And so, again, at the same time that they're throwing a major festival out of their storage facility, they're announcing that they're prying, literally prying plaques off of benches because people are not coming up with another 2100 bucks. Another one that the mayor said is a real head-scratcher. Well, one, the fee. Well, the fee's a lot, for
1: sure. $2,100, and then to think that people suddenly want to stop remembering who they're
0: (laughs) honoring with these plaques. Right, like I think most people would consider it to be the same as, uh, you know, gravestone or, or, you know, something like that. You would assume it's forever, right? And do you know what they replaced the plaques with? No, what did they replace them with? An ad for plaques. I know, they didn't just leave two holes in the bench, they replaced them with a, a similarly sized sort of sign that advertised the fact that if you wanted to have a plaque placed on this bench, you know how when you're on the highway and you see a billboard and it says, if you want to advertise here, call this number or whatever? It was that. It was the city of Edmonton saying that if you want to have a plaque on this bench, you don't get hold of us this way as part of this program. So as I understand it, um, the city's put a pause on that as well. So I don't know if they're going to replace the ones that they removed, but I know the plan, I I think the mayor is sort of uh, loudly it's under consideration and he has said, I hope that consideration means that those plaques will be put back. Yeah. <laughs> and that there'll be a one time fee for plaques moving forward and people will not be billed down the road. Because I would hate honestly, I would hate to think if I if I did a plaque for a, my loved ones, or if I for that matter, if my loved ones did a plaque for me, I, I would assume that they wouldn't be hunted down in twenty years and told to pay again. And what if they're not there to pay again?
1: Right. You think it's a lifetime fee. Right, right. Until so price that, it accordingly. Right, exactly. Twenty one hundred dollars per year to remember someone. I don't think it's per year. I think oh, it was, was twenty like one
0: hundred dollars to, it to a, replace it. Then that would be right, good for right okay, how many okay, ever more years. Term, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but still, I know it's
1: just, whether it's per year over a fixed term, twenty one hundred dollars to just remember someone on a little park bench it's not like they're asking for this massive memorial in the middle of Horlack Park to remember their I family know. that's what the headstone is
0: for yeah. where they've
1: been buried they're looking it, it's at just
0: crazy it's, it's so you know what the word is it's not only cra- it's not crazy it is crazy but uh, it's disrespectful is the big word inconsiderate disrespectful inconsiderate another great descriptive word but again on paper that probably made sense where you know our budget is this this is how much it's going to cost to refurbish these plaques. And I'm sure the city is thinking, or the whoever was responsible for this decision was thinking, well, if you put a plaque on a bench, you want to be able to read it. So, you know, out of respect to the family, we're going to, you know, refurbish this plaque or replace it so that it can be read. I totally get where they're coming from, but you don't send the bill to the person no. when they already paid for it. Right.
1: Exactly. You know, geez, people. You know, it's one thing to open up your, your property taxes. It's a fixed rate. Certain things are fixed rates. Yeah. Your cell phone bill is typically the same, unless you have data overages, whatever. Your, right, right, Your cable bill is the same. And you're not even thinking about this. And one day, you walk t- to your mailbox, and you open it up. And there's a bill. And it's at City of Edmonton. And the first thing you're thinking is... Ah, they got me on
0: photo radar. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you you know? You're right. It falls in the category of your roof started leaking, your furnace stopped working, your pipe burst. It's one of those expenses nobody saw coming. And then, as you say, they just open up a bill, and what, 2100 Yeah, for and something you, I paid 2500 bucks for t- 10 years ago.
1: And you know there would be that wording of, Hi, Mister and missus So and So. Thank you for your contribution oh. x amount of years ago. Just to let you know, yeah, that it's ti- a form letter. You're right. That time has expired, and we'd like to let you know that for the price of twenty one hundred dollars, you can refurbish yeah. and replace this plaque Dear at any moment. Name.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, come on. Be better than that. Uh, hey, coming up this afternoon, as we often do on Fridays, we have some kind of a top 10 list for you. I think this one will be a really fun one. You can play along, as you always do. Text us your uh, guesses at 630-630. It's uh, from uh, a website called Paste, which is a monthly musical and entertainment magazine. It used to be a printed version. Now it's digital only. But it's basically everything you'd ever want to know about video video games uh about television about movies about everything and what they've done their staff have come up with what they believe to be the most recognizable the top 10 most recognizable tv show themes of all time and uh, we'll start with number 10 after we come back and count our way back up to one but does anybody care to guess over the break what came in as the number one most recognizable or sorry the number 10 most recognizable tv show of all time the 630 Ched Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Ched.